the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Jobless claims in the United States hover near the lowest levels in 15 years. Employers are seeing enough demand to keep and maintain staffing levels. Friday, we get a jobs report, and it should show an improvement, i.e. a reduction in the unemployment rate. Tesla, their loss widened as spending jumps. They lost $154 million. Quarterly shipments passed $10,000. Uh, their company's going to have to raise money sometime soon. House flippers are seeing record returns right now. House flipping may not be as popular as it was a year ago. 4% of home sales in the first quarter of this year were flips, which defines someone as buying and keeping it for under a year. One million home sales surge, but buyers are getting smarter now. In some markets like San Francisco, sellers put big prices on their homes. They expect a flood of high-income buyers, but the bidding wars just aren't materializing right now, telling you they were close to a top. Short-term, long-term, no one knows. McDonald's is testing kale, and that is the first sign of the apocalypse. Zynga is shrinking its workforce by 18%. Lumber Liquidators is pulling the Chinese-made laminate flooring with safety concerns. They've also hired former FBI Director Louis Fries firm to review sourcing procedures. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, got a couple of emails to get through. Let's do it. This is a big one, so let's see if we can't make this. Got a book? Huh? Well, this is, it's kind of long, and it's got some fancy words in it. Isn't it, and it comes from us, to us from Eddie, isn't it true that RMD is calculated based on the value of your portfolio at the end of December of the year before you turn 70 and a half, regardless whether you have been withdrawing funds for years? RMD is required minimum distribution? Yeah, required tied minimum towards, distribution. Tied towards your retirement accounts. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so the way it works is once you turn 70 and a half, April 1st of the year following 70 and a half, it's, it's, you know, Every time I say these things, it's like, who made up the rule of 70 and a half? Why not just 71? Why do you have to calculate where your 70 and a half birthday is 
and then figure out, oh, by April 1st one year, but if you do, if you wait till the following year, you have to take two that year. I, and I think I can tell you why. is because when you turn 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs or 401ks. It's okay. a certain formula that you use to do that. And let's say that amount's $15,000. Okay. If you forget to do it, it's a 50% penalty on that amount. So $7,500 penalty, plus you still have to pull the money out and pay the taxes on top of that. Sure. Um, you know, as if figuring out what Medicare supplement plan and prescription drug plan you want when you retire is hard, isn't hard enough. Then you got to deal with taxes. On, Are those hard? Oh, it's it's a full-time job. I tell you what, to to go in and figure out once you turn 65 and pick the right supplement plan. You know, a lot of people that are on Kaiser just stay on Kaiser. I, I tend to uh, find that older people tend to be fairly happy with Kaiser. Okay. Um, I think younger people in terms of sports medicine and stuff like that, you know, fixing the knees and doing all that. I'm not too big of a fan of it, but I'd probably go Kaiser when I'm older. Why is that? It's just everything's kind of in one place, and right. a lot of clients that I've had have been happy with it. Um, and my own mom, same thing. Okay. So she's happy with it. Anyways, getting back to the 70 and a half issue. Um, yeah, what happens is each year you have to look at the 1231 value of all of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and every, all of it. Now, if everything's in IRAs, it's easy because you could add up everything, figure out what the formula is. It's like 20, it's 127.6 of the account or something like that in the first year. Um, and then you can say, okay, I've got all my IRAs. There's three or four different IRAs figure out what the number is, and you can take a withdrawal out of one IRA. Maybe your lowest performing IRA, maybe the best performing IRA that you're peeling off the top, Great. taking some of that growth, spending the money. Um, if you have 401ks and 403bs, you've got to take one out of every single one of them. Hmm. And so people make that mistake a lot, thinking that, oh, I've got a 401k and IRA, I'll just take the RMD, the required minimum distribution out of my IRA. Nope. That's why it doesn't really make any sense to keep money in a 401k after you retire. Roll it over, consolidate it. So you don't make those mistakes. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what we talk about all, all the time is fighting the IRA tax trap. So when you retire, let's say it's 62, you retire at 62, 65. Well, one of the first places I like to look is the IRA. If I can take money out of the IRA and a married couple finally jointly can have about 80 grand of income plus their, their itemized deductions and still be at a 15% federal bracket. So I look to the IRA first to make sure I'm maxing out that 15% bracket. And if you need the money, take the money out and spend it. If you don't need the money, take the money and convert it to a Roth so that you're whittling down your IRA, which means you're moving money from a taxable account, paying taxes on it now, moving it into an account that grows tax-free for the rest of your life and your kids' lives. And, uh, and then that way, when you turn 70 and a half, you're not forced to take out so much taxable income. You're reducing the required minimum distributions because you're taking the money out earlier. And it levels out your taxes throughout your retirement rather than than having very little taxes until you're 70 and then super high taxes. Anything else that we need to know about RMDs? Is, um, there, is there a good calculator online? Does your Yeah, irs.gov, publication 590. It has the, the tables there. Okay. And um, then there's you know all sorts of issues. So if people... If you have an account with like a Fidelity or Vanguard, mm -hmm. will they step up and help you come up with a number? Or no, 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 that's advice. Yeah, yeah typically, yeah, typically they're not going to... What they do is they send you the letter to remind you. Okay. That you're supposed to do it. But Fidelity doesn't know that you have an IRA at Vanguard and an IRA at T. Rowe Price or something like that. So they don't, they won't, they'll give you all the disclaimers in the world before they'll give you tax advice. So. 
That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, some of the headlines out there today are pretty cute um, and almost kind of clever. Um, Zynga shaking its workforce. Um, just weeks after returning to the helm of the video game maker, Zynga chief executive Mark Pincus is slashing nearly a fifth of the workforce. You go back and you think about that one, you, you know, Farmville. I think some companies like Zynga should never have come public. That's just my opinion. <clears throat> now, people invested in it, and it seems to me that the mobile gaming market is pretty competitive and pretty tough. To try to get that one big game hit is difficult. Uh, to get the next Candy Crush, the next Candy Crush may just be Candy Crush. Um, in-app purchases are a big thing at this point in time. Uh, Apple had to change their website from a game that would say free to a game that now says get when you're downloading it because it's not really free. And there's in-game purchases that you can run up big, big money on. Nintendo's going to take Mario. <clears throat> I love this story. Nintendo's going to take Mario and kind of commercialize them. I know you're saying, how is that possible? Uh, Nintendo's decided, we're going to open up and instead of being closed, we're going to let people play Mario on iPhone. On top of it, Nintendo plans to bring video game characters such as Mario the Plumber. Is that his whole name, Mario the Plumber, or is it just Mario? To theme parks. And that's another step to expand into new areas to prop up its traditional console business. Universal Studio theme parks will create immersive experiences featuring characters from Nintendo games. Nintendo just hit profitability again. Companies back in the black. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black talking money investing and more. Tesla. Is it a good stock for the long term? It's many, many, many things. It's a brainchild of CEO Elon Musk trying to get new forms of transportation and energy storage out there. He believes we should try to get to another planet because he thinks this one will eventually grow too old to support us. He's got a lot of thoughts in his head. Tesla is a business vehicle of a, a visionary. I don't think the company is a buy and hold. I think the company is a trading stock. It trades for about 30 times book value. The average stock on Wall Street trades for about three. It's too much. 
Doesn't mean you can't make money in it, but you can. Doesn't mean that in 10, 15 years from now, it won't be a great value. It might. Investors are pleased to see the company's quarterly revenue jump 54% to $1.1 billion. Not bad. The company is boosting revenue, but it still loses millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it said that they will until the year 2020. That doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room. So if you buy the stock, you have to put a 10% stop on it. And if it goes lower by 10%, you sell it. That's just how I would play it. And again, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you that I, I see it as a trade. Maybe you see it as something else. Uh, the jobs report is going to be good tomorrow. Jobless claims in the United States hovered near the lowest level in 15 years. We'll add, we'll see the unemployment rate tick a little bit lower. Um, there's a couple of big layoffs, but nothing dramatic in the recent weeks. There was an animal health drug maker called Zoetis, which was spun off from Pfizer. They're cutting about 2,500 workers, about a quarter of its workforce, after facing pressure from activist investor Bill Ackman to trim costs. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the things I like to do is think about retirement. And that's not always the easiest thought, to be quite honest with you. Because um, what does it look like for you? And most of us think of it like our parents. Could the 1% soon get to live twice as long as the rest of us? Healthcare and retirement's expensive. Immortality may not be in the cards just yet, but there's some companies that are trying to get lifespans up to 150 years. I don't know. I just saw World War II vet who's like 104 and smokes 12 cigars a day. 12 cigars a day. But there's a science tied towards our lifespans. I don't want to live to 150 unless I have the money to support a lifestyle to 150. Uneven gains in longevity and the studies of how long we're going to live. Uh, American men live an average of two years longer than they did in 2000. And women have an extra 2.4 years. And that's even more bad news for Social Security. You know, can you imagine being 130 years old and getting the Social Security check? You haven't worked in 70 years. You've been getting the Social Security check for 70 years. Uh, we need a war against old people or something. And it's a joke. Old people don't send in letters. Um, there's a, a sentence that I find fascinating. It's we also have people dying longer. Because lifespan only tells part of the story. We're able, to keep, we're able to keep people alive without much quality of life in many cases. We haven't done a great job of making health span match up to lifespan, which is both miserable and unbelievably costly and frightening. My mom has Alzheimer's. We put her in a home a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not much of a praying type. But if I did, I'd pray that, you know, the next couple of years are smooth and easy. It's been great so far for her. She's made friends. She's gone to musical concerts. Um, 
she's getting her medications given to her versus her trying to figure it out. But it's also expensive. If we just keep living longer, but we don't knock out this horrible disease, Alzheimer's, it'll be a sinkhole of the century. It'll take us down every country. It'll be a whore behind horrors. And how much do we spend researching the disease? Basically nothing. There's sexier diseases out there, believe it or not, like obesity, heart attacks, strokes, cancer, and diabetes. Frustrating, right? <clears throat> Longevity. I, in the financial planning community, there's a, a phrase that says something along the lines of bouncing your check to the, your funeral home after you've died. That's kind of where we all want to be, but that's not going to be it for us. Most of us, a large swath of the U.S. population is going to live in poverty in the final years of their life. The only thing I ask is that you do the best you can now so that it lasts as long as you can for you. you know, Dave Letterman worked till 68. Um, he could have retired at 62, but he's got a kid to feed and he probably has more than enough money, right? But who are we to say? Work as long as you can is sometimes the right thought. You don't want to live beyond your means now. If you carry a balance on your credit card, you're doing something wrong. If you're not saving 5% of your money at least into some sort of retirement plan, you're doing something wrong. You're living way beyond your ways and means. I save 15% minimum as much as I can maximum. So everyone should save 10 to 15% so that, again, your latter years are well-funded. Uh, you want to have an emergency fund. If you don't have an emergency fund, you're doing something financially wrong. What's an emergency fund? Two to six months of salary. So I'd say a minimum is, you know, two months. Because typically that's how long it takes to get a job after you've been let go. You're living beyond your ways and means if you're leasing a car that you can't afford to buy. Just a pretty obvious sign that you have a love affair with cars and you have a love affair with like looking like you have more than you actually earn. You're living beyond your ways and means if you've paid an overdraft fee in the last three years, or if you left, you know, you have no money left in your bank account at the end of the month. I've been there. In my 20s, there was times when I started the, started a company that, you know, I'd look at my bank account balance before I take money out, uh, just in case. And everyone should have a budget. How much you make a month, how much you save a month. What's coming in, what's coming out. You should have a pretty good idea on that kind of stuff. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Zynga's doing a massive cut, leaving about 1,600 employees left with the company. Their max was about 3,400 back in 2012. So they're cutting 363 employees, about almost 20% of their workforce. The company's trying to refocus on their casino games. One casualty is their sports category. They entered into that studio in Orlando last year. They're stopping the development of a Tiger Woods golf game and putting a crackdown clock, a countdown clock on an NFL game. They got to got to cut spending. One hole in Zynga's mobile portfolio is action strategy games. Earlier this week, Zynga released Empires and Allies to compete with the likes of Supercell's Clash of the Clans. The Clash of the Clan commercials, they're pretty annoying. Kate Upton, beautiful woman. But that game is ridiculously making tons of money. Again, it's all those in-app purchases. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Revenues at Zynga climbed to $183 million. I'm not a big fan of Zynga's. And I'll tell you why. There's a lot of competition in mobile games, first and foremost, but it's the CEO. He just creeps me out. And it's an odd thing to say professionally, but he would do things like give stock options and then let go of people right before they were going to you know, get vested. He did a lot of things like, here, employees, here's a perk. Oh, I'm taking that away. I just feel he's random, and I personally just don't like him, and that's unfortunate for him, but it's okay for me, right? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, got a couple emails to get through. Let's do it. This is a big one, so let's see if we can't make this. Got a book? Huh? Well, this is, it's kind of long, and it's got some fancy words in it. Isn't it, and it comes from us, to us from Eddie, isn't it true that RMD is calculated based on the value of your portfolio at the end of December of the year before you turn 70 and a half, regardless whether you have been withdrawing funds for years. RMD is required minimum distribution? Yeah, required minimum distribution. Tied towards your retirement accounts. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so the way it works is once you turn 70 and a half, April 1st of the year following 70 and a half, every time I say these things, it's like, who made up the rule of 70 and a half? Why not just 71? Why do you have to calculate where your 70 and a half birthday is and then figure out, oh, by April 1st of year, but if you, do, if you wait till the following year, you have to take two that year. I, and I think I can tell you why. It's because when you turn 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs at 401ks. It's okay. a certain formula that you use to do that. And let's say that amount's $15,000. Okay. If you forget to do it, it's a 50% penalty on that amount. So $7,500 penalty, plus you still have to pull the money out and pay the taxes on top of that. Sure. Um, you know, as if figuring out what Medicare supplement plan and prescription drug plan you want when you retire is it hard enough. Then you got to deal with taxes. On, Are those hard? Oh, it's, it's a full-time job. I tell you what, to, to go in and figure out once you turn 65 and pick the right supplement plan. You know, a lot of people that are on Kaiser just stay on Kaiser. I, I tend to uh, find that... Older people tend to be fairly happy with Kaiser. Okay. Um, I think younger people in terms of sports medicine and stuff like that, you know, fixing the knees and doing all that. I'm not too big of a fan of it, but I'd probably go Kaiser when I'm older. Why is that? 
it's just everything's kind of in one place, and okay. a lot of clients that I've had have been happy with it. Um, and my own mom, same thing. Okay. So she's happy with it. Anyways, getting back to the 70 and a half issue. Um, yeah, what happens is each year you have to look at the 1231 value of all of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and every all of it. Now, if everything's in IRAs, it's easy because you could add up everything, figure out what the formula is. It's like 20, it's 127.6 of the account or something like that in the first year. Um, and then you can say, okay, I've got all my IRAs. There's three or four different IRAs. Figure out what the number is, and you can take a withdrawal out of one IRA. Maybe your lowest performing IRA, maybe the best performing IRA that you're peeling off the top. Great. Taking some of that growth, spending the money. Tesla's new bet, which is a home battery to slash energy costs. Average home uses between 1,000 and 1,200 kilowatts of juice per month. Tesla's entering the energy storage market. It's a compelling question. You know, how much payback, period, will we have to have if we install one of these batteries in our home? There's enthusiasm for the product. Musk said yesterday that there had been 38,000 reservations for the power unit in California. A sellout well into next year. But he also can see that the system currently makes little economic sense for most utility customers in the U.S. Tesla's 3,300 Powerwall system for homeowners may actually cost as much as $9,000, including installation, ancillary electronics. You'll likely see a price to the consumer of 7000 and 9000 It depends on how cheaply some of the installation partners will be able to get some of the power electronics. In places like California, where there are generous incentives for installing renewable power, a homeowner could save about $2 a day, meaning a system would pay for itself in four to six years. Um, in most of the rest of the country, the payoff would be longer because government incentives go solar or smaller. Tesla's system, which will become available this summer, is still about 50% cheaper than power storage systems that have been on the market before. And for people who want a storage system as a way to provide energy in time of emergencies backup, um, it's going to be a small part of demand. Tesla's units are pretty cost competitive with backup generators that run on natural gas or gasoline. Energy storage will still you know, get cheaper. And there will be a new mechanism in business models to help spread out the cost before it makes both short-term and long-term financial sense. The business model works great for Musk and his holdings. Musk is the founder of SolarCity, so a home energy storage system can be linked to a rooftop solar array. It, makes, it plays a part in everything that we're trying to do as a nation. Musk has a very bold plan to create a battery manufacturing gigafactory in the U.S. out in Reno. The Powerwall is based on Tesla's existing battery production method. At the same time, SolarCity is planning to build a solar panel manufacturing plant, which is a break from its roots in solar installation financing it alone. In all, it's a virtual renewable energy capitalism circle for a lot of Musk companies. Rising trend in utility rates is to charge more for electricity use at peak hours or based on an individual's own peak consumption. At-home electricity storage makes the most sense for consumers who live in states that have high peak use rates. Idea is simple. Use solar panels to create power. Store it when it is less in demand. Then sell it to the local utility or use it to offset your own consumption when demand and prices are at their highest. Um, it's a confusing time at this point to be 
an investor in utilities. More utilities are offering optional rates where the consumer can elect to pay more for electricity use at peak hours, typically mid-afternoon to mid-evening, or based on an individual's own peak consumption in exchange for less expensive electricity at night and on weekends. I think uh, Musk is a pretty smart dude, to say the least. For years, solar power stagnated because it cost too much up front to install until SolarCity and others came along with plans to finance and install the panels, letting consumers recoup the investment by electricity savings each month that typically exceeds the payments. That model has helped SolarCity where Tesla CEO Musk is chairman and his chief cousin and his cousin and his chief executive officer. Solar City or someone like it will soon offer plans to finance the battery storage systems. After 195,000 installations in 2014, nearly 645,000 homes and businesses now have solar arrays. Utilities also offer some assistance because having more power available from battery owners may let them avoid the capital cost to build as many new plants, usually burning natural gas to generate peak load power. A lot of rooms for incentives here. I think it's going to be a pretty cool world um, to watch it evolve as far as energy consumption. So yeah, um, some states it will absolutely make sense to do it. Some states it won't make any sense at all. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. There's an app called Robinhood. And I got to see the owners a couple of, about a year ago. They want to democratize access to the financial markets. Um, it's already launched on the iPhone and Apple Watch. It lets people, primarily first-time investors, buy and sell stocks without being charged commissions. Commissions typically run between $7 and $10. Robinhood is a mobile-first kind of company. This cuts the cost of paying human traders. Robinhood announced the company's raised $50 million, led by the NEA. Um, so their total funding to date is $66 million. Previous investors include Snoop Dogg and Mark Andreessen. The company is going to use funding to grow its team. Founders hope to double Robinhood's Palo Alto headcount of 30 employees by the end of the year. In addition, they're launching an Android app later in 2015. Robinhood's also beginning expanding to international markets, beginning with Australia. Australians will be able to access the U.S. listed stocks and ETFs. Robinhood users don't pay traditional brokerage commission fees, which their founders find prohibitive to new investors. Apps users also don't have to put a minimum deposit. They'll transfer it straight from your uh, bank account. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Take a break here. Be right back. Rewrite the star, electric car, so good, so far. Let's take a ride in an electric car to the west side of an electric car. How can you deny an electric car?
800-516-1220. Mother's Day coming up this weekend. Try not to forget. I know, easier said than done than, well, something like that. Uh, McDonald's is testing kale. Something that McDonald's said they would never, ever do. Hmm. Is this going to turn around McDonald's? They've got a creepy new hamburglar, too. So maybe the hamburglar should just be the kale kidnapper and do away with it altogether. But McDonald's is testing in nine locations in California breakfast bowls that include kale. In an ad earlier this year, McDonald's poked fun at kale, declaring they would never replace lettuce in a hamburger, nor would trendy ingredients like soy or quinoa replace the meat's juiciness. That was tied towards the big iconic Big Mac. Um, this breakfast bowl test is completely unrelated, according to McDonald's spokesperson. Three bucks ninety-nine cents for a bowl. It'll include turkey sausage, egg whites, spinach, and bruschetta. A market analyst says three salads that will have kale tied to them will be coming to McDonald's menus in the U.S. and Canada. So it's pretty much expected at this point in time. Uh, kale is considered a superfood. Um, CEO of McDonald's is a guy named Steve Easterbrook. He's relatively new. He wants to make McDonald's a modern, progressive burger company. The progressive approach seems to have been applied to that new Hamburglar, which you have to look this up. If you're one of those people who grew up with television in your life as a kid, you remember the Hamburglar who would run around going, robble, robble, robble. He was a pudgy cartoon character. Um, he now looks like a suburban dad with pretty cut abs. That's Crazy. I want my Hamburglar back. Um, Big Bird was almost a passenger in the Doom Challenger space shuttle in 1986. Could you imagine the distraught people would have had if Big Bird got blown up in the 1986 space shuttle? Carol Spinney, who has played the Sesame Street character for 46 years, has a documentary out called I Am Big Bird. Um... NASA thought if Big Bird went into space, more kids would be interested in the space program. And though Spinney was worried about the idea, he agreed to go up in the Challenger. Ultimately, though, NASA decided Spinney would not fit in the spacecraft while wearing the bulky costume. Um, I don't know what else to say. You might remember uh, a teacher got on that Challenger instead of Big Bird, Kristen McAuliffe. The goal was to have her link up via satellite and talk to a lot of kids and get them motivated to become space participants. Um, so NASA did this whole plan to get teachers, journalists, artists, and other people who could bring their unique perspective to the human space flight talking about it. Big Bird almost died on the space shuttle. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, a couple stories that I haven't hit too hard today. Whole Foods, uh, down 12%. Company reported second quarter earnings. Company reported sales of $3.6 billion, a 10% increase. That sounds pretty good. Some analysts were expecting $3.7 billion, not $3.6 billion. The results reflect a quarter of record sales and healthy returns on invested capital. 
Whole Foods has helped lead the shift in consciousness towards fresh, healthy foods by offering some of the highest quality, broadest selection, most expensive food. They believe they can triple the number of Whole Foods markets in the United States from these levels. Uh, a lot of people refer to Whole Foods as Whole Paycheck. The company announced the launch of a new store concept unlike anything that currently exists. They're trying to go after the millennials. So they're building a team solely to develop these stores and negotiate leases. They're going to give us more details sometime before Labor Day. Whole Foods is forecasting sales growth of more than 9%. That doesn't sound too shabby. Why is the stock getting hit so hard? And that's what makes investing so difficult at times. Um, you have to be patient. Even when you see a good number, you're like, ooh, that's not very good. Uh, there's a lot of support for the stock around $36. It's at $43. If you take a look at the valuation of the company, it's at trading at 26 times earnings right now, and it's trading at next year's 22. Uh, so they had a bad reaction to the quarter. If we got into a scenario where we go through a month of just negative returns on Wall Street, maybe its stock would get down to that $36 level that I find a lot of support at. And sometimes that's how you, you know, you invest. You have to have a shopping list that you wait on. And sometimes you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And you wait and you wait and you wait. It's not fun. Um, you try to stay away from the stocks that sucker punch you. You might remember Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Uh, where out of nowhere you could have a brutal hit and just get, <laughs> knock the guy's head off. Or knock his head up. Uh, there's been a lot of stocks that have, you know, formerly winning ways that have hit investors pretty hard. Um, these are stocks sometimes that will go up 30% and then down 10% pretty quickly. So names like SanDisk or Keurig or Delta Airlines, um, you want to try to make sure that you can handle big pullbacks. Otherwise, you shouldn't be buying stocks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Take a break. We'll talk soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and us are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.